Welcome to the Freedom Fellowship Church Podcast, located in Canyon, Texas. We hope you are encouraged by this message today. Youth Pastor here. Most of you know me by now. We've been here for about two years. Um, And we got some exciting things going on in the youth group right now. We just went to camp about two weeks ago. And uh, right now, we are currently running a fireworks stand, and I am exhausted. <laughs> that, is, that is where we have been uh, this whole weekend. We've got it going. It's the Mr. W right across uh, from the high school. And I tell you this for two reasons. The first one is very obvious. Come buy your fireworks there. It's got AC. It's a very nice stocked up stand. Uh, so come, come buy fireworks. The proceeds do. Some of it goes to the youth group. Um, and so come by, do that. And then the second part is I started to write my sermon at the fireworks stand. And so I got some input from some of the youth kids. I had several of them read Jonah 3 with me. Um, and so this is what I will say. If you enjoy this morning, if you're encouraged by it, uh, go thank a youth kid. If you hate it and you said that was awful, take that up with a youth student, not me. <laughs> Anyways, today... Today we've been going through this month, we've been going through Jonah, and today we're in chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, please turn there this morning. If you have a device, go there. We're going to get into a lot of scripture today, and a good way to not get lost or stay focused is by reading it with me this morning. So we'll read through it, and then we'll pray. Jonah chapter 3, starting in verse 1. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. Call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breath. And Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days... And Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh, they believed God. And they called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. And the word reached the king of Nineveh. And he arose from his throne. He removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and set in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them call out mightily to God. And let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. And who knows, God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. And when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them, and he did not do it. If you would pray with me this morning. Lord Jesus, we come here humbly this morning knowing that we are sinners, that we have messed up time and time again. And just like the people of Nineveh, God, we need your mercy 
And so, Holy Spirit, would you convict us of sin that is hidden in our lives this morning, that we may be made right with you? Would, we, would there be a, a heart of repentance and reflection in this room this morning? Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and do your work. We just welcome you this morning. I'm going to ask that you would just pray this simple prayer. Holy Spirit, would you convict me of sin? If there's sin in my life, convict me of it this morning. Holy Spirit, come do your work. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Jonah, verse 1, says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. Right? And so Jonah arose, and he went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now, we all remember in chapter 1, the word of the Lord comes to Jonah, and he doesn't go. He is disobedient. He says, I'm not doing it, Lord. I'm going to just flee and go the other way. Jonah gets swallowed by the whale, and God would have been just in allowing Jonah to die in that whale. It would have been completely just of God. Why? Because Jonah was disobedient, but rather God shows his mercy. He gives him that second chance, and this time Jonah goes. Now, I think we can all relate to this, that there are times that we either read something in the scripture that it's calling us to action, something to do, or, or God, he, he calls us to do something that's out of our comfort zone. Has anybody ever been there? Right, we could do this almost daily. You drive by a homeless person and you're like, I should probably help them, but I'm going to keep driving. Or maybe, maybe you have friends that are unbelievers and you're like, I know I should share the gospel with them, but not today, God. And that's, that's kind of what I imagine Jonah. He's like, I really don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it. And, th- and there's this story. I was, we were talking about this at the fireworks stand. And this, this kid named Levi, Levi Mullins, he's a, he's a seventh grader. He's going to be an eighth grader. Yes, his brothers are here. Levi's not here. What in the world? But uh, anyways, Levi, I, he was reading this story. And I said, Levi, what does this make you think? And he said, you know, at camp, I felt like God was calling me to do something. I felt like... I felt like he was calling me to go and pray over students during this altar time. And so, so Levi, he had never prayed over just random people before. He starts going up to people and saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to pray? And he just began to pray whatever he felt the Lord leading him to pray. And here's this seventh grader. I said, were you nervous? He said, yeah, I was a little nervous. I was a little scared. But he said, I just felt like God called me to do it. And so I did it. And I remember watching him from the back of the room, and he was, he was just kids he had never met before, never even seen in his life, but he was just doing what he felt God had called him to do, and that's what I want to be like. And I believe that's what Jonah was. Even though he didn't want to do it, he ended up being obedient to God on the second call. Now we pick up in the middle of verse 3. It says, now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city. It's three days' journey in breadth. And Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. This is quite the call for salvation. Now, I've never heard anybody do a call of salvation and say, God's going to destroy you, period. But look at this call. This is very interesting that, that he doesn't say, hey, If you change the way you live, God's going to be merciful. He says, no, in 40 days, God's going to overthrow you. It's not going to be pretty. God is going to destroy you, period. And the people believed God. I love it. It doesn't say that they believed Jonah. It says that they believed 
God. They heard the voice of God through Jonah, the prophet. There's a couple things I want to note on this. They heard and they believed. They heard and then they believed. Now, now belief, and this is really the main point of this entire sermon today, belief, let me rephrase this, actions follow beliefs. Actions follow beliefs. They heard, they believed, and they did something about it. They didn't just sit there and say, well, I believe. Here we go. No, they did something once they believed, and that takes us to the middle of verse 5. It says, they called for a fast, and they put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. They began to fast. They put away food. They said, we're not going to eat. They're going to throw on sackcloth. Think of like a potato sack. It would be very uncomfortable, very itchy. They threw it on. This is to remind them of their state. Sin, evil, the wickedness in their lives. They couldn't be comfortable with it anymore. And so they throw this on. And this is a sign to me of repentance. Repentance. Now, we, we, all, we all have a, a good idea of what repentance is. Um, but I'll, I'll go ahead and explain. Repentance. It's when we, we have these evil things, sin, whatever we want to call it in our life, wickedness. And we turn from it. We say, I once was pursuing that, living that, okay with that. And we go towards God. We change towards someone or something towards God. But it's also the way that we think. We change the way that we think. So we change the way we live and we change the way that we think. And we see the people of Nineveh. They believed and they began to change the way that they lived. And then we get to verse 6. And it says that the word reached the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne. I didn't catch this until I read it about five times, that the people began to repent before their king did. And sometimes, sometimes I think it's so easy to complain, our government is so messed up, our government is just awful, or our leaders are just horrible. And I think sometimes we need to remember what Jesus said, to remove the log out of your own eye before you remove the speck out of your brothers. And, and, and so here's, here's the point. What if... The people of God looked at our own lives and we said, what are the sins in our lives that, man, we need to purify ourselves, we need to get rid of? And then we can say, hey, (laughs) repent. But here's the thing. The king, this is really neat. He says, the king, the word reached the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne and he removed his robe. He removed his robe and covered himself with sackcloth and set in ashes. So he ends up doing the same thing that the people did. Now, the king removing his robe, to me, this is something of significance. It would have been something that, that, that signified kingship, right, or leadership. And he humbled himself. He removed his robe. He set it aside, something of importance, and put on sackcloth and sat in ashes. He humbled himself before the Lord. We get to verse 7. And this is where the king issues the proclamation. It says, And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles. Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered in sackcloth. And let them call out mightily to God. And let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. And who knows? Who knows? 
God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. Now, there's, there's two, two key phrases I want you to catch. It says, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Hands. We think of actions when we think of hands, the things that we do with our hands. And this reminds me of James 4. James chapter 4 is one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. I, I, I probably use it in half of my sermons because it completely changed my life. But James 4, if you have a Bible, go there. We're going to be in James for a little bit this morning. James chapter 4, verse 7, reminds me so much of the people of Nineveh. It says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It's this picture of repentance. It's, okay, you were once here, begin to submit to God, resist the devil. Now hear that, it's a resisting. It's not going to be easy. There's going to be temptations to go back into sin the way that you once lived, but you need to resist and submit to God. And then it goes on to say, draw near to God. Draw near to God, and as you begin to draw near to him, he's actually going to draw near to you. He's going to begin to draw near to you. And then as it said in Jonah, turn from your evil and from the violence that's in your hand. And in James, it says to cleanse your hands. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. And we see again repentance changing the way we live, changing the way that we think. And we get to verse 9. It says, be wretched and mourn and weep and let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Now, this is what I see in the people of Nineveh, that this was not a time of celebration. This wasn't a time of joy when they were repenting. It was a time of gloom. This was a time of mourning. They humbled themselves. I believe that true repentance is, is humbling ourselves, and we're not, we're not rejoicing in the moment. We recognize, man, there's an issue with sin in my life, and it is not pretty. Luke 6, 46, it says this, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say, once again, I say, actions, actions follow beliefs. Actions follow beliefs. I know we're hitting a lot of scripture this morning. If you have your Bibles, please go to James chapter 2. This will be the last chunk that we're in. The reality is, is something is wrong if we are Christ followers who love sin. Something is not okay. Something's wrong. Something's off. We have got to change to where our faith, the things that, that we confess that we believe in, our actions need to line up with that. In James chapter 2, starting in verse 18, it says this, but someone will say, you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. 
I will show you my faith by the way that I live. I'll show you the things that I believe by the way that I live. It goes to 19. It says, you believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Good for you. You believe there's a God? Great. So do the demons. They know there's a God. They know he's real. And they're terrified of him. They fear him. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works. Faith was active along with his works. And faith was completed by his works. See, faith and works, they go hand in hand. You can't just have faith and not works. It doesn't work like that. We're using the word work a lot. You can't have faith without the actions. They go hand in hand. To finish off in James 2, verse 23 and 24, it says, And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Now this morning, my, my point is, is not to get in an argument of whether we're saved by faith alone or we're saved by works. That's not the point of this right here. The point is this, once again, faith and belief go together. Back to Jonah. The end of Jonah 3. And Chris, you can go ahead. Come on up. At the end of Jonah 3, we see God's response to their faith and their repentance. In verse 10, it says, When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. (laughs) God did not do it. There's this verse out of Romans that said that God's kindness is meant to lead us to repentance. That his kindness, his mercy, it's not meant to keep us the same. It's not meant to allow us to stay in the same state as when we met Jesus His kindness is meant to lead us to repentance that we would change and be conformed to the image of Christ. That we would look more like him. That we could be witnesses in the world for Jesus. That we could tell others about him. This morning, this morning I want to have a time that we get to do repentance. (laughs) We get to repent from sins and we get to reflect some of you in here, you need to repent. You have things in your life that's obvious. You're, you're doing things that you know is completely against God, completely against his ways. You know it. It's time to repent. It's a beautiful thing. God shows mercy. He's not going to shame you. He wants to show you mercy. But he doesn't want to let you stay the same. He wants to change you. And then others of you, some of you, you're like, man, I'm, I'm actually doing really well with the Lord right now. I don't, I don't have anything necessarily that I need to repent from. And so this is a time of reflection for you. This is a time that you get to look back and you get to remember 
Oh, Jesus, you are so good. How you have rescued me from all this sin in my life. How you've rescued me. How you've transformed me. And so this morning, we're going to take a couple minutes. Chris is going to sing a song. And I would ask that you, if this is a time of repentance for you, that you would humble yourself, just like the people of Nineveh. The king, he lowered himself. He sat down. Whether that's kneeling, whether that's sitting, maybe it's just opening your hands. Would you do something as a sign, if you're repenting this morning, of humbling yourself before the Lord? Thank you for listening to our podcast. Check us out on social media, or to learn more, you can visit freedomcanyon.com.